Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If Mark was writing his gospel today, he would have put it this way. The Spirit immediately threw Jesus to the wolves. Or, to use a little more modern saying, the Spirit immediately threw Jesus under the bus. The giant bus that is driven by Satan, seeking to run us over and take away our spiritual life. Or the satanic wolf with his foul death breath and his long fangs seeking to grab hold of you and not let go. That's what Mark wants you to know. Unlike Matthew and Luke, he doesn't give us any details about Jesus' temptations or what happened out there in the wilderness. But he does use that much more violent-sounding verb. Matthew and Luke simply say that Jesus was led out into the wilderness. Sacrificial language. Maybe from Isaiah who tells us that Jesus was like a lamb led to the slaughter. Not Mark. For him, it is a fight. A fight to the finish. Our English translation said the Spirit drove Jesus out into the wilderness. The Greek actually says that Jesus was thrown out there. Thrown out there to fight for you. Mark doesn't even tell us how it ended. Jesus got angels in his corner though, Mark tells us, but they're not fighting like we hear on All Saints Day, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon and his angels. No, this is no heavenly battle, but an earthly one. And one that Jesus must fight alone. The angels are ministering to him, but this is Jesus thrown to the wolf, thrown under the bus, thrown into the wilderness to be tempted for you. He must have won, though, because next Mark tells us that Jesus shows up in Galilee preaching. Proclaiming that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The time has come. The king is here. We no longer hear of Satan, though we will. He's not done yet. But for now, the king emerges victorious from the wilderness, intact. So repent And believe in the gospel. Repent and believe this good news. That Jesus has come to fight for us. And wins. Now perhaps Mark doesn't give us any more details about the temptation. Because this is not really the feature presentation in his gospel. This story, this episode is more like the movie trailer. Just giving you enough details to whet your appetite so that you'll read on in his gospel to the main event. As the battle continues, Jesus driving out and casting out demons and unclean spirits until the climactic battle 
that takes place on Golgotha. Interestingly, the shorter ending of Mark's gospel doesn't tell us who won that battle either. Only that the tomb is empty. But we already know, don't we? And there, Jesus shows up in Galilee too. Victorious. But here, at the beginning of the Lenten season, we focus on the beginning of the battle. Not so much that Jesus is tempted as we are, though he is, but that Jesus is victorious. That he comes out of the wilderness intact. That's what Mark wants you to know. And believe. And rejoice in. Because we don't. Right? Emerge from our temptations intact and victorious. At least I don't, I know. And I'm not even out in the wilderness. But in my cushy house with my cushy life and really having it pretty easy having all I need. And yet how often do I succumb to Satan's temptations? How often do I put me first above God and others? How often do I do what pleases me, not God? How often do I cave to pride, anger, or jealousy? And how quickly Matthew and Luke tell us that Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted, but how often does Satan not even need 40 hours or 40 minutes or 40 seconds for me? I suspect you too. To get you to disobey your parents or rebel against or disrespect authority. To get you to hate and lash out in anger. To get you to lust. And blow your chaste and decent life out of the water. Or to not love your spouse as you should. To take what is not yours. Or to resent your neighbor for getting more than you. Or to use your tongue to gossip, to tear down others, to hurl barbs of criticism, to speak what is not helpful or good, to put what you want first and let others fend for themselves. And all the while calling yourself a Christian, having Christ's name on you, but not praying as you should, not speaking of Him as you should, not spending as much time in His Word as you should, putting yourself first, which is making yourself God, and expecting others to serve you and do your bidding. Sounds about right. So it really is pretty good, no, very good news that what Adam could not do and what we cannot do, Jesus did. He was thrown to the wolf, thrown under the bus, thrown into the wilderness, and came out intact. 
victorious. So repent and believe in the gospel, Mark says. This gospel, as James put it for us today, that blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. But wait a second, Pastor. You just said that's not you and that's not us. That we don't remain steadfast. So why is this good news for us? Because while you are not the man, Jesus is. He is the blessed one. He remained steadfast under trial. He withstood the test and he received the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Did you hear that? Not to those who win, but to those who love him, to those who love, who believe in Jesus. The crown of life that Jesus won is promised to those who love, who believe in him. That's how we receive it. James goes on to say where sin and death come from for us, from our own sinful, disordered desires, from our own sinful inclinations that we're born with, and he's right. So he says, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived into thinking that you can do it. That it comes from you. Every good and perfect gift, which our salvation is, is from above. From your Father, who brought you forth. That's birth language by the word of truth. That's baptism. For that's where you were born from above, to be a child of your heavenly Father, and receiving then and there the crown of life that Jesus won for you, when the Spirit threw him to the wolf, Threw him under the bus for you. Jesus, another good and perfect gift from heaven that came down from the Father for you. So yes, repent and believe in the gospel. Repent of all that you have done and believe in all that Jesus has done for you. And then you too have life. A new life. A victorious life. Uh, Could we say Abraham life? That story that we heard about him and Isaac today? It's astounding, isn't it? An honest, a story we do not understand. Why God would tell him to do such a thing. How Abraham could do that. This is a a test of such magnitude that I hope neither you nor I ever have to endure. I mean, being a martyr, offering yourself is one thing. But your son. Someone holding a knife to your neck and asking if you're a Christian, that's one thing. But holding a knife to the neck of your son or your spouse, 
or your mom and dad and then asking you if you're a Christian? It's a first commandment test, isn't it? Do I fear, love, and trust in God above all things? Or do I love my child more? Or do I fear losing a loved one more? Or do I trust in myself and what I can do to get out of this situation? Some people do lose children. Maybe not in this way, but to violence, mass shootings, drugs, cancer, suicide. And it causes some to lose faith, to turn away from God instead of turning to Him for help. Satan using these things and more to convince us that God is not a good father. That he is, in fact, not good at all. Because Satan wants to be your father. He doesn't want God to be your father. Satan wants to be your daddy. But Abraham didn't listen to those doubts and fears, those temptations to turn against God. Against the God who miraculously gave him this son, Another good and perfect gift from above. Even though he thought it was impossible that he and Sarah were just too old. But God had done the impossible. And Abraham believed he would now too. The book of Hebrews tells us that, that even if he had to go through with it, he believed that God was able even to raise him from the dead, which Figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. For Abraham had already given up Isaac in his heart. Even though God did not make his hand go through with it. But today we heard that God's did. God did not stop his own hand. Did not spare his own son. But through him. To the wolf, threw him under the bus, threw him onto the cross for you. And then, not figuratively, but really and truly, received him back in the resurrection, victorious, all for you, to give you that crown of life that only Jesus could win. That you too now begin to live an Abraham Life. Not that Abraham was perfect, he had his share of failures, but a life that believes the words and promises of God. That what God says and promises, he will do, even if it doesn't make sense to us, even if it seems impossible. For as the scriptures also tell us, nothing is impossible with God. And when we think so, or doubt, or fear, to repent and believe in the gospel. To turn to Jesus and not to our own efforts or strength. For only he can give us the forgiveness, faith, strength, and life that we need. 
So this first Sunday in Lent reminds us once again of the battle in our hearts and for our hearts. A real battle. Yet one we need not fear. For we know how it turned out. And we know how it will turn out for us. Because we know the blessed one. The one who remained steadfast for us. The one who won the crown of life for us. The one crucified for us. Risen from the dead for us. And now given to us here. In his body and blood. Satan wants to be your daddy. But you already have a father. Who gives you always and only good and perfect gifts. The father who gave his only begotten son for you. The son who gave his life. Laying down his life for you. And the spirit who threw him and his life to the wolf for you. And yet was with him every step of the way. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. If Mark was writing his gospel today, he would say exactly the same thing to us. For then and now, it is the same. Turn to him, believe his words and promises and live. It's not easy. It is a battle every day. But the spirit a good and perfect gift from above, given to you in your baptism, is with you too. Fighting with you, fighting for you. Every step of the way. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.